Let all my fans know I love them. But a gay fish just can't live in the outside world forever. Don't be sad for me, guys. Put your hands up. It's it's so good. Feeling like a whore. It's so good. It's so good. Got to be my favorite show, South Park. Um, I had I had to play that on the intro because I've just been listening to that song nonstop. It gets me pumped up. That's Gay Fish by the. Uh, Creators of South Park, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I, you got to go watch the concert if you haven't seen it. It's just all the South Park songs for an hour and a half. And I think Rush performed with them. Anyway, episode 54 of Joey Hates Everything. I'm uh, Joseph Anthony Capuana, and this is Markel Emery, the producer. Markel, goddamn, I feel like we haven't done an episode in like two months. It probably has been more than a month at this point, right? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. What's new in Markel's world? You know, everything. Whatever I want. Shit don't change. It's it's like talking to a wall. Let's get right into some exciting stories here. Always um, happiness and, and good stories because as Americans, we just we just have a lot to uh, a lot to celebrate. So here's one from Fox News, the headline. Infant and toddler survive after being left alone in Arizona desert to die. A four-month-old infant and an 18-month-old toddler were found in Arizona's Sonoran Desert on Friday, according to a U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent. The young children were left in the desert, which is located in the south of Arizona and borders Mexico, by smugglers to die, according to a tweet from John R. Modlin, uh, chief patrol agent of the U.S. Border Patrol's Tucson sector. This is cruelty, he said in the tweet. And it's gut-wrenching. I commend our agents for their quick response to this dreadful incident and to every incident which migrant lives are at stake. The four-month-old infant was found unresponsive, but patrol agents were able to revive her, according to Modlin. So, I mean, obviously, obviously, first, first thoughts on this story are it's horrible. You know, we have to take care of our children and, and treat them, uh, treat them like children. We have to raise them up and not leave them in in the desert to die. But I everyone that's that's judging these smugglers, I just, you know, I want us to all take a take a step back here. And I hate to play devil's advocate on everything. It's sort of what I do on this podcast. But I mean, when was the last time you had to travel with children? You know, I mean everybody I just I I'm ju- it's not right what happened. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they should have left them there. I just want you to think about the last time you had to go on a road trip or travel through the air with a child, you you know, and think about that. You got, you got the quote unquote comfort of American air. You didn't, 
have to endure the pain of, uh, of Mexico ground. So before we all judge, I just want everybody to take a step back and maybe think, oh, yeah, you know what? Traveling with an 18-month-old infant and a four-year-old, that would be tough. You know, I don't know if we should just judge, judge people like that. Markel, when was the last time you had to travel with young kids? Have you ever had to do that? No, I don't think I ever had to do that, to be honest with you. It's awful. Um, the last time I had to do it, I, I swear to God, the one of the kids that we were with just was trying to fuck with me. And he would just every five and a half seconds on the plane, he would just go, ah, ah, ah. And I just, I was, I thought about hijacking the plane. I'm not going to lie. Uh, to get out of that scenario, I may have committed terrorism, but I didn't. And that's why we're here and, uh, and we're having a fun podcast today. I, yeah, it is really, it is really horrible. It's part of the argument where it's like, well, you know, we can't just let anybody in here because let's be honest, uh, there's a lot of problems with that. It has created quite a few issues, um, more than we even have time to list. But at the same time, there's the issue of, of humanity and being like, well, if we don't let them in, they're going to try and sneak in and leave babies in the desert. That's America. Uh, if you're born here and you don't do so well, you know how to, how to work it, you're probably going to get uh, benefits like food stamps or you know, maybe, maybe your rent paid for if you can do it right. But if you don't, you're getting left in the desert. It's a good world. It's a good world to be in. It's positive to think that way. Um, let's keep moving on. Let's move on to, to one that, in my opinion, is equally as disturbing and uh, it makes me equally as upset as the first story. Here's one from USA Today. Alligator on a leash surprises park goers in Philly. It was Wally, the emotional support alligator. Some, fo some folks in Philadelphia's Love Park got to see a leashed alligator up close and personal on Friday when Wally the alligator made an appearance. Wally's handler and owner, Joey Henney, who lives nearby the New York, Pennsylvania area, said he brought Wally to Love Park to meet for a meet and greet with the public. Likely part of Wally's campaign to win America's favorite pet uh, animal kingdom prize. I don't know what that is, but I can tell you that the people who have entered that contest need to be put on a list. Um, yeah. I, who told them to do that is my question. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's gotta be the first question. My first thing I was going to say was fuck this guy. Um, I'll sh I, I will shoot your emotional support alligator in the face. Do not, I, that's just, I'm sure it was a very small alligator, right? But do you like alligators enough to risk one of them like just chomping somebody's somebody's finger off? Maybe he had a band over its mouth or whatever, but goddamn, dude, I just just goddamn it. Emotional support animals in general are kind of fucking ridiculous in my opinion. If you have PTSD or some sort of trauma or something where you need to have a a, a puppy with you or a companion something that calms you down or, you know, have you ever seen those dogs that can stop people from hitting themselves and shit like that? I understand that it's a legitimate thing and it's, it's a valid thing for some people, but there are so many instances where I've just gone, Oh, this person's just annoying. 80% of the people who have emotional sport animals, just annoying. There was that one uh, video on Twitter 
two years back or whatever of someone who had an emotional support peacock. And it's just, God damn, it's, it's a great example of, of fake freedom. That's what this country has. You work uh, and you get money taken out of your paycheck, and then you might have to pay more money to the government at the end of the year. Your shit's locked down because it's all in a bank account. The government owns you. But if you want to take an exotic bird on a plane, it's America, baby. You go, you go right ahead and do that. Um, I, when I lived in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, which is about five hours from Philadelphia, the next door neighbors had alligators and it was somehow more ridiculous than the emotional support alligator. This guy, one of the, one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. I once heard him threaten his daughter for not knowing how to do a math problem. Um, that's not even an exaggeration. Uh, he had baby alligators that he was like, for, I guess you can raise them until they're a certain size. And what I was saying about the, the guy who might have had it at the park, he might have had like a band over its, you know, some sort of thing holding its mouth shut. This motherfucker was, would just pick them up and hold the mouth shut, the mouth of a fucking alligator. And you, you might go, oh, well, you know, they're probably secure. I, probably kids couldn't get to it, right? No, two bedroom uh, duplex. And this guy's got his fucking three kids running around the house while he sleeps with alligators. Natural selection, that term involves your parents just as much as it involves you, man. If your parents let you get eaten by alligators, I, I don't even, that's, that's a tough fucking start. Uh, Marco, you ever met somebody with a weird pet? Yeah. What, I what think was people that are weird with those like anacondas. Those big Rides ass snakes. Bonkers. Or not anacondas, but pythons, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, might as well be the same fucking thing. It, it, <laughs> large snakes, you mean. There's no point in having one. I've looked it up. The only things that like being domesticated are dogs and cats. Everything else has not been, there has not been a, a gene selection breeding process to make these animals dependent on people the way that cat, almost cats, not even fully cats. Cats aren't even thrilled that you have them. Dogs are pretty much the only thing. And even that is, is just kind of wrong. If you look at it, dogs, uh, you know, we're talking about alligators. If you go and find these horrible videos online, you'll see so many of them where a dog is so retarded. Dogs are so fucking stupid and it's not their fault. We bred them and, and made so much money off of them, human beings did, to the point where they are fucking morons and can't tell when an alligator will fuck them up. And they can't even tell when they go past another dog that's twice their size. You know what I mean? Um, things like snakes and birds, uh, those things don't want to be domesticated. They've proven it. They don't like human touch. They don't like being in captivity. You know why? Because they're wild animals. You cunt. If you have to have an emotional support animal, I'm not, you know, I'm half joking. What the fuck do I know? Maybe it's 80% it's of people that actually need them. Maybe the percentages I was talking about are reversed. But you also don't just get to take another living being that doesn't want to be in a cage and now it's just your thing that you use whenever you get uh, whenever you get nervous about going to work on Monday. Go fuck yourself. 
Joey Henny. And he doesn't spell it like Joe. He doesn't spell it J-O-E-Y. He spells it J-O-I-E because, of course, because he owns an emotional support alligator. Fuck this guy. Um, and I feel bad for his fucking alligator. I'll tell you that. Um, moral of the story is you can have a dog or a cat or a hamster. I don't even know if you can have a mouse. I got to look into mice, see what they see what they are into. Um, let me keep looking here. What's what's something? Oh, here's uh, here's a here's a fun story that I I liked. Not really fun, but just interesting to me. This one's kind of a long one, so bear with me here, folks. This is NBC News. And if you read NBC News, I mean, I, you know, I was scrolling through headlines here. NBC News is bullshit, okay? NBC, you might not like CNN or Fox News, but those are news sources, okay? NBC is an entertainment source. And I just, I don't know, this was... This was too wild for me to not read it. So fuck NBC News, but here it goes anyway. Headline. They were grieving the loss of a parent to COVID. Then the bullies came. I got on Twitter specifically to rage about the death of my mom, she said. I needed it. It became a room to scream into. But she wasn't screaming into the void. When Ritz Sullivan, horrible name, publicly shared details of her mother's COVID death online, online trolls pounced. I was called a fucking clown, Ritz Sullivan said. I was told my mom was never a real person. I was told that my mom probably had pre-existing conditions, so it didn't matter that she died. The experience has been disheartening. People just, people are just incredibly cruel, she said. Ritz Sullivan is far from alone. People who spoke to NBC News said such abuse from online strangers belittling those mourning the belittling those in mourning to microaggressions from close family and friends who question whether the deceased really died of COVID. It doesn't matter if it's from a stranger, a peer, or a coworker. Jesus Christ. It's emotionally devastating. Holy shit said Sue Chef, an internet safety expert. My God, I can't believe that's a thing. And the author of Shame Nation, the global epidemic of online hate. Hey, do you know about rape? Chef, uh, I think it's pronounced Chef. Chef said comments written online can be especially damaging as nothing online is ever, ever truly erased. You keep going back and rereading it over and over again. So it keeps echoing in your mind. A majority of comments on the post were kind and comforting, expressing heartfelt sympathies. But the rare messages of hate are the ones that stick. COVID is fake. Suck it up. You're just looking for attention. Shut the fuck up were things that were said uh, to these people. I, I mean, I broke this down into eight different little paragraphs from the article, and it's just, ah, what can you say? What can you say can about you say? about this fucking country for real? Um, it, it blows my mind. Uh, America, really, this country has become a low budget elementary school. We are quite literally, we went from the 70s and 80s doing Cokes and club bath in, in the bathroom of a club, paying $1.50 for a drink partying our asses off like this was college to a low budget elementary school. And I think what people need to think about 
when they hear an article like this is would you would you rather have those people not be able to say that would you rather live in a world where if people are uh, would you rather live in a world where people are mean online or a world where it's at least you know socially if not criminally punishable to troll or or be mean i don't get it we go back to we go back to this last paragraph i read where it says a majority of the comments on the post were kind and comforting that should be the end of this you are going and putting out so, your information and your life to people that you kind of got on know. their neck, though. They what got on their neck, though. They kind of got on their neck. He's, one of the persons said, um, fucking, oh, they had pre, pre uh, conditions Existing or whatever. Conditions. I geek. Yeah. Shabby geek, bro. Here's like, that yeah. will end your life. <laughs> I, I mean, for real, I could understand that being upsetting for somebody. But you're the fucking one putting it out there. Are you an adult or do you have to go, I'm sad about this thing. Can you guys say nice things to me? It's not that much different than insecure girls going on Instagram and just begging, not, not, not literally begging, but just praying that every single girl they know will add a fake comment on there going, kill it girl. OMG. Like, it's like, Dude, why are you going to the internet for help? When, what has ever made you think that that was a good idea or a solution for your fucking problem? I'm sorry that you were bullied, but you are a fucking moron. All right, this is not about COVID. This could be, it could be anything. If she had gone on there and just talked about her mom dying from cancer, you should expect the same thing. If my mom died, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go, look for a room to scream into quote unquote online are you these people are sick uh, i'm not saying the people who are like oh i bet your mom wasn't even a real person that person's an asshole and i think that they're a cunt and fuck them obviously but guys what are we doing do you know that you can get therapy just by just by going online now and if you have insurance it's free and i'll tell you what man People who do this shit where they post on Facebook, they're too lazy and they're not strong enough to do actual therapy. Therapy is not easy. If you have a good therapist, they're not just going to let you sit there and go, and that's why I'm sad about this. And then this happened. And then that's why this person's an asshole. They're going to go, well, what do you think you could have done differently in that situation to just have completely prevented this? Or what can you change the next time? Because that's what you can control. You can't control what other people are going to do or say to you on the internet. So the second that we start patrolling that, I, th I think we have truly <laughs> uh, become the Chinese. I'm, I don't know any other way to put it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Is this, that because it's about COVID? It could be. I mean, it partly, that's already a thing. I've... Uh, been way more into youtube these past few months like i'll just i find a lot of good stuff on there because there's a billion videos and there are certain words where it doesn't even make sense they have to bleep them out or it will get demonetized one of the words is abuse so i was watching um i was watching uh, a video about juice world and how he died and they were talking about how he was extremely addicted to perks and anytime they were going to use the word abuse they had to bleep it out and it's like Guys, they're not defending abuse. They're not alleging abuse. 
They're talking about someone who clearly had a pill problem and died from an overdose. So we're already at the point where certain words that out of context, it doesn't matter. You can still be flagged and taken down for it. I, I, I don't know what happens yeah, I don't think when you we can say COVID either. <clears throat> I don't know if you can. I actually, I don't know about that. I mean, everybody goddamn does. Like, are, you, know? you get demonetized. It's, it's ridiculous, and it's anti-free speech. When you have these platforms that are quite literally, they're, they're so close to monopolies, um, and they're really just fighting each other. You know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they all want the same. They all want everybody to be on their shit. And when you have those are the only biggest companies, I don't think it should be legal for them to uh, just be able to say, no, you can't say that. It's, I understand threats, okay? I, I understand if you're threatening somebody. If you were to say to this lady, uh, uh, Ritz Sullivan, if you said, listen, Ritz, if you don't stop lying about your mom who wasn't even real, then I'm going to come to your house and cut your head off. Okay, you don't, get to say, you don't get to say that. That's threatening somebody. That's threatening harm against somebody. I understand that. But when we're talking about somebody like Andrew Tate, who just says, yeah, you should get a hot girlfriend and then just cheat on her all the time. Okay, a lot of people don't agree with that, but he's not hurting anyone by saying it. He's not making threats by saying it. And the guy's been, I, I can't remember what he was banned from this week. I think uh, TikTok, um, because he finally- Or was it Twitch? Twitch and TikTok, which is like, so it's so ridiculous. Those are major platforms, um, that people use to promote their shit and that everybody uses. I don't think that you should just be allowed to kick anyone off for something that's not a threat or harassment. Um, now, now that's another thing, right? If you're constantly harassing somebody and you're making different accounts after they block you, um, sure, then you should be blacklisted. But not a lot of people do that. Like a lot, not a lot of trolls are that desperate. Uh, I guess unless they know you. In which case, maybe you should report them, and then these place these platforms do know how to ban these people. But you can also just block them. Uh, Tyler the Creator, it's, it's a great quote. I, I he tweeted one time. He said, "I don't even understand how uh, online bullying is a thing. Just shut the computer off and go outside." And it's right. I mean, he's right. You should not be living on Facebook. <laughs> dude i know multiple people we grew up with that my parents my parents are still on facebook and they only post like christmas pictures right or they, they read other, other people's statuses and news and they've told me there are people that get on there and they rant about their personal problems to three thousand of their friends and coworkers, and it disgusts me i don't know how well how good of a relationship i could have with my parents if they did shit like that it would bother me very deeply do you, do you have any family members that do that shit? Because I just really, I don't, besides a few of, like the ones from Pennsylvania, they're all just, they're all, you know, there's lead in the water, so you can't really blame them. But uh, for the most part, my immediate family members, they don't do that shit. What about yours? No, I don't know any family members who really like post a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day. That would annoy uh, me. We, we both have have, uh, have struggled, I guess, in our relationships with our sisters. Sometimes we get annoyed by them. But how much worse would it be like if your sister was just 
straight up posting the outside of her asshole like if you ever see, like when girls do that i'm like great i'm probably gonna jerk off to this but if i was their dad or their brother and they're just literally bent over in a thong bikini and you can see that like right where it goes from cheek to asshole and it starts to darken out i'd be like i don't i can't look this person in the eye this is this is very uncomfortable for me knowing that this is out there um i don't think i could deal with that and at the end of the day there's a lot of a lot of shit online that just goes for attention like that um wasn't really my point my point was really about the, the bullying stuff guys we're adults people are going to say mean things there's a lot worse in the world than uh than somebody being mean to you online um what else do we got here what else do we got here this week, this week, now for breaking news in fentanyl news. Dun, 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 dun. Markel, do you, I mean, what do you, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? No. Of course you haven't because you're uncultured. In the movie Office Space, they start laying off people from this company um, because they're trying to downsize the company. And so people that have been there and maybe don't have the most important jobs start being let go. And they bring this guy in there who is sure these two people bring him in there from the company and they interview him to see, you know, how productive he is uh, in terms of what he does. And he's pretty sure he's going to be just fine. He's been there for years and he comes in and they go, so uh, what exactly do you do here? And that's sometimes what I think um, when I do the podcast with you, why is there no intro for fentanyl news? you just had an intro no no I, I made that up because i'm creative and i'm an entertainer you're you're the producer i want i next week next episode i want an intro for fentanyl news or we're going to be having a conversation about what exactly do you do here i'm kidding marco i you, you're great on the show you you're like it's almost like having like a black, uh, a male black version of Alexa. Like I, I say things and then I just get a slight response that satisfies uh, that, that time code. Um, here's another one from Fox News. It's a right-wing podcast, folks. We do a lot of Fox News. Headline, CPB agents seize enough fentanyl to kill 42 million people in latest border drug bust. God, I love this country. Customs and Border Protection officials in Arizona said the driver of the car carrying fentanyl was noticeably nervous hmm, as she was questioned. U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents seized an estimated $4.3 million worth of fentanyl pills on Wednesday evening. It was later determined that the 340 packages of fentanyl pills weighed a total of 187 pounds and was estimated to have been worth $4.3 million. Ah, can, can they make a nuclear fentanyl bomb? Can they, is that possible? I don't, I feel like it might be. I mean, if you, if you could just sort of get enough of it and drop it from the skies, would there be any, even any chance? Or is there, is fentanyl just not, like you'd have to have so much, I feel like. 
to, to really make an I mean, just think she was driving with it and she was like, okay. I love I love to think that when she got pulled over that she was like a teenage Tyler Grega. Tyler Grega and I, for whatever reason, uh, and for anybody who doesn't know him, great guy. I, lo- I love the dude. Uh, we got pulled over so many times just for being teenagers and, you know, I don't know, smoking weed in a parking lot, shit like that. And it was always so funny to me because it would always happen when he was driving and the cop always comes up to the driver's side of the window and he just, he just get, like got this reverse personality that he would only have in front of teachers where, you know, his voice would just sort of go like this, like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. I, I know you pulled us over because we're just the one car in this parking lot of an establishment <laughs> that's been closed for three hours on a Sunday. But, I, you know, I'm just hanging out. Like, I, like to, I like to imagine this chick was like, Oh, you know, I just came back. I was, you know, off of work this week, got some PTO, decided to check out Mexico. I'm just, you know, I live in in, in Arizona, so I'm just coming back. It's, it's like, dude, the driver appeared noticeably nervous. Yeah, no shit. I'd be, I'd be like, holy fuck, dude. If they open the wrong zipper, we're all dead. Like, I can't, I don't know uh fentanyl is something the fuck else i wonder what fentanyl feels like that was a note that i wrote down for this one i i feel like i've maybe had some traces of fentanyl uh in my small stint with percocet and other oxy related shit like that but i don't i've never done fentanyl you like you have to be a heroin addict or addicted to percocets and not able to like find your shit right we know one guy that's addicted to perks and I mean, literally he's uh, sell- selling stolen clothing on his goddamn Snapchat. And I, you know what? I thought about busting him. I said, you don't know me. I'm the law. I work- hey buddy, Macy's asset protection, put your hands behind your back. That's a message I sent him. No, I, I, again, folks, I encourage shoplifting. Please come to the Macy's that I work and steal as much as possible. <laughs> Kidding, comedy show, in case somebody hears this, I don't give a fuck, fire me. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy what people will do to, to get the fentanyl. I think that's where most shoplifting comes from, is fentanyl addicts. Um, I would love to be able to try it and not overdose. Like if they had, if they improved Narcan, to the point where they're like, no, nah, if you shoot this up his nostril, it'll, he's going to be fine. It's not, it's completely reversible now. It's 2026. We've got, um, you know, we've got 3D printed organ organs and Narcan that will just perk you right up. Uh, in fact, white girls are, are using it in the morning instead of coffee. I don't know what I'm saying, man. I, I try to, I want to do this podcast earlier, but Markel had priorities. I don't know, I guess, instead of his job. So it's it's about 1 a.m. here, midnight, and I'm falling asleep. I don't even remember how I got onto that. We were talking about, um, yeah. I mean, do, do you have anything to add? Do you would you ever try fentanyl, Marco? <laughs> no. Are you sure? That shit sounds scary, bro. All right. Well, um, I guess I got some for no reason. I was gonna surprise you when you got here. 
We're gonna do some fentanyl. Uh, moving on, moving on. It's it is just scary though. It is scary. It could be all it would take is like one bad Amazon worker to have a brick of it. I feel like, and he just you know, you just put it right on the inside of the duct tape of the of the thing, and then right when they open it, just <laughs> overdose. The Los Angeles Times, a, a, a great, oh, just, they're great. They're almost as shitty as NBC News. NFL punter Matt Arazia, Areza and two San Diego State football players accused in gang rape lawsuit. The men named in the complaint are Xavier Leonard and Nolan Payea. Leonard is listed on the university's fall football roster as a redshirt freshman. Payaya was on the team last year as a freshman, but not on the current roster. Lawyers, uh, excuse me, lawyer Kerry Armstrong said he hadn't reviewed the complaint, but called the rape accusation false. He said this, he said his investigators spoke to witnesses from the party who contradict the allegations against Areza. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's a shakedown because he's now with the Buffalo Bills, Armstrong said. There's no doubt in my mind that our Asia didn't commit, didn't rape the teen. A lawsuit filed Thursday in state court accuses three past and present San Diego State University football players, including a top punter now in the NFL, of gang raping a 17-year-old, a 17-year-old girl last year at an off-campus party. Uh, Matt Arazia, 22, is referred to as the punt god. Um, yeah, I the only, the reason I found this this interesting is because I mean it is odd, right? There's the second the guy gets to the NFL, now it's a thing. And I think that there does need to be some sort of conversation. You need to get a rape receipt. And I understand that that's that's offensive, but what else do you want me to call it on a comedy show? Okay? As soon as you get girls, if this ever happens to you, if you do ever get raped, unfortunately, you have to tell someone immediately. They have to be able to uh, take the DNA and, you know, get some sort of case going. Otherwise, it just gets into a civil lawsuit. I think I left out, I think I left out the word civil, by the way. There's a complete difference. Um, you know, if it gets to the point where uh, things aren't going well in the trial, the guy can just be like, all right, you know what, I'm an NFL punter now, here's a bunch of money. And that's kind of a problem. Um, I'm not, I don't know what happened here. I don't know the details. I just, you know, I, I think we do need to have a conversation at some point about what do we do to get people to speak up sooner? Because if anybody can say anything, uh, then what do we what do we do? Like, as soon as somebody gets famous, if there was a night where, I don't know, you're both drunk and uh, you get back to the place, a guy fucks you, and then he never talks to you again. There's kind of nothing wrong with that uh, legally at all. Um, some people would argue that it's not even that fucked up morally. A lot of people just fuck one time and then never speak again. But if the girl thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be the next fucking, uh, you know, I don't know, goddamn Ben, a Mrs. Affleck or whatever, and then he, Ben never calls her back, I, I guess she can wait months later and be like, no, Ben Affleck raped me. 
And now Ben Affleck has the choice of being like, okay, I can either pay this girl off and, uh, you know, have her be quiet, even though I didn't do that, or I can take it to trial. And now there's the potential consequence of this doesn't go well for me. And also my name is associated with headlines that say the word rape. So I don't know. It's tough, especially in a situation where there's one accuser. Um, for the thing where Deshaun Watson, where, where that happened, I mean, it's a, it's a lot harder to prove when it's happened to 24 different women. Uh, excuse me. It's a lot harder to prove that it didn't happen when 24 women come forward versus one. And, um, you know, there have been people that have admitted to, to maybe it wasn't exactly consensual, which is crazy, dude. I've never been in a situation like that in my life where I was like, yeah, you know, looking back on it, I guess I did rape her. I guess she was saying, though, I guess she was kind of trying to get me off of her. Uh, you know what? I guess she couldn't open her eyes. But now that I now that it's a different time, I understand that I did rape her. Like, what? <laughs> what? Um, that's insane. But just I just think there's uh, unfortunately when it comes to something like this, when you can't get DNA evidence anymore and you have to go through uh, certain people, just people's accounts of what happened that night. I think things get shaky. Um, men rape and women lie. That's I, I don't know if I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to put this podcast out and be like, yeah, that's a bad quote. But it's kind of true. Um, it's been a thing throughout history. So. Guys, uh, don't hook up with girls that you don't, I mean, you don't at least trust a little bit or uh, while you're both blackout. I try to avoid that myself um, at all costs. And girls, don't hang out with special teams players from uh, San Diego State. Just get, get raped. Uh, we'll move on to the next story as soon as we start a new Zoom, Zoom meeting here. This one's about to end. And of course, we have not upgraded to Zoom Pro yet. So Markel, I will get you uh, right back here in a second. There we go. There we go. Let's let's take a quick uh, mid podcast bowl rip. That's right, folks. That's right. Uh, got a got a new bowl. It's exactly like the one everybody had. Uh, if you were a high schooler in the year 2015, just this nice, small, yellow, I mean, it's just looks like a toddler penis. Uh, wish I hadn't said that because I'm about to put the tip in my mouth, but that is what it looks like and um, getting high here. So thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, we'll continue the episode in one second here as I kiss this toddler penis. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, Markel, you just got your, uh, you just got some great news. You got your medical card clearance. Um, I think that would be awesome. We have a lot of Minnesota listeners, which is where you are currently residing. I think it'd be great if you could sort of uh, give a description of what you've, what you've had to sort of go through to get that. <laughs> so it's a, it's an easy process, honestly. Um, there's like a, there's a trick if anyone wants to get their medical card, you can either, um, go see a therapist or someone and get diagnosed PTSD, 
or you can say you have intractable pain, which is like pain that you can't fix. So you can just say you have like flat feet or something and like go to like a foot doctor and get it confirmed. And you bring that record to the doctor, the medical marijuana doctor, and it takes like 10 minutes. They just put in your information and then they just have to confirm it with the state. And it is kind of spendy. It's like $350 total. And I then, like to I like to picture that scene from the Joker where he's ta- he's in the last meeting with his therapist before she tells him the funding for like the healthcare therapy gets cut off. And and she's just like, Why do you feel that you need marijuana? And it's just you with that crazy stringy like black hair <laughs> that Joaquin Phoenix has. <laughs> and you're just taking a rip off the Delta 8 cart instead of a cigarette. <laughs> You wouldn't get it. <laughs> oh my god! That's a, and and she's just like, it says here that you're looking for fifteen percent THC. That is the highest that we offer, and it, you just start laughing like a crazy person because <laughs> you know that Yo, you can easily. Dude. You're used to fucking thirty three, dude. I found out that Delta H shit ain't no good, bro. Like a lot of these companies are like selling like dirty Delta Eight. Markel, the food that they're so that they're serving to children in elementary schools has microplastics in it. But none of this, none of this is good. You know, yeah, none of it. I'm just saying it's uh, coming I mean, out now. So you, you are you referring to the carts or like uh, Delta the, Eight? The, like Delta Eight, like the distillate, like the liquid you know the shit they put in the cards oh oh yeah yeah i mean that in general are you talking about is it bad for your brain or your lungs uh i mean i'm assuming it's bad for your lungs because they're saying like these companies are coming out with like untested like dirty batches ah the uh the old gainer method (laughs) the old matt g method you meet some guy, uh, some cook at a restaurant in Burnsville that you've worked at for two and a half weeks, and you go, yeah, these are probably fine, and then you sell them. <laughs> I think he listens to the podcast. I wonder, I wonder, I like to imagine him in uh, in some sort of like nice, uh, what do they call it, like Adobe style house in Mexico with his uh, witness protection girlfriend, and just every time I bring the, the podcast up, he's just hiding in the bathtub for a day and a half. Oh my god! <laughs> Come back to America, man. We miss you, and nobody wants to kill you. I, I'm yeah, fucking, bro. You had the best shit, bro. Bro, I'm really from 18th Street, bro. Ain't nobody gonna fuck with you, bro. I'm really from the bridge, bro. If I started talking like that out of nowhere, would you still be my friend? No. It it will always bother me that you let the uh friend who i didn't mention their name who was, who was doing a lot of crazy shit <laughs> dude with i did not let him he's so did not let him. oh folks he let him this guy dude. was dude i think i broke his rib one night bro i did not let that dude go <laughs> because he said that because he said a soft a because he said the bleep why are you bleeping out? You're black. Like, you, you know, 
<laughs> That's the one we're going to allow in this podcast. I swear to God. No, I want to get demonetized. Now, now, I can think of multiple instances where you guys just let him go, and I understand that there were other circumstances. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's not. That's not why. I... That's not why. It's a different reason. I'm sure. I'm sure that you've had a thousand reasons, but I just want people to picture this. Like, imagine if Augustus Gloop from fucking Willy Wonka, <laughs> and he doesn't look like this anymore. Like he's got in shape now, and he's a hot girlfriend. Uh, that's a whole can of worms right there. I'm not, I like this guy. I'm not even trying to diss him, <laughs> but I wonder if he still does that shit where he's at right now. Um, he, he was this kid. He just looked like Augustus Gloop from the original Willy Wonka. And if that kid was 16 and did perks, this would be our buddy. And he would just, just the whitest guy. And he would just uh, say, man, you know, man, I'm just out here and these motherfuckers want to bullshit with me. It's like, what the fuck are you playing with? Beep. <laughs> and I would go, at the first time it happened, like I had an out-of-body experience. I was probably on a Xanax or drunk, but like my head looked to the left before I could actually turn. Like I was like, huh? <laughs> he just was alive. He's a wild guy. He's a wild fella. Um, I've been I wonder dressing... if he listens to the show. Uh, I don't think he does. No, I, I don't think. I don't think he does. <laughs> He'd probably think that's. He's probably like, nah, man, that's sweet, bro. I don't play that, bro. I'm not, bro. I'm not here locked up. I don't listen to no podcast, bro. This guy trying to like talk for attention and shit, bro. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I like the guy. I legitimately like him. That's the, I don't even, I don't care about uh, the lifestyle choices he makes. I, that's easy. He's his own person. He's never done anything wrong to me personally. I, I like the guy, like I like his personality, but I cannot stand the extreme wiggerism. I'm, I'm kind of only racist towards people from Wisconsin that can be any skin color or wiggers. There's a hard W there, folks. People, uh, black family on the wall, on the other side of the wall here, there's a hard W. I said, wah, <laughs> wiggers, all right? And that's not an offensive term because uh, other comedy, other comedians say it and they, they get away with it, so I can say it. Um, one time I said it in front of a group of black people that were friends with my cousin and I barely knew them. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. They literally walked away from me. It was incredibly awkward. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be stifled. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to. I can't stand wiggers. They're my least favorite type of person. It doesn't even compare. Like they do. Well, it's 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 honestly it's one thing if like you know the way that Eminem talks in Eight Mile. Like I do. I kind of get that. You know. But at the same time, I like that he's toned that down quite a bit in the last decade. Because you, you do look like you're dropping somebody, you're dropping your daughter off at soccer practice, man. I don't need to hear. <laughs> but do you get do you get my point? It's like it always, no matter what your background is, it always looks and sounds staged. And I mean, I I can't process it. It's like it's like watching a dog meow. I'm just going, what the fuck are you doing? 
And this is from somebody, dude. I love, I like Black Entertainment is my favorite shit. Like my all my favorite rappers, besides a, a handful, all black guys. You know, huge NFL fan. Love black actors. Every I, I love it all, dude. Trust me. It's, it's nothing about the way it's said. It's just a white dude saying it looks so ridiculous. But I guess I can accept it uh, if you're not going to say the N word and you grew up somewhere where that's just how everyone around you talks. If you're the one white guy over there, you know. Um, I've thought about it. I've thought about it so many times. And I just, the reason I brought that up is because I've been dressing very wiggardly lately. I've been dressing quite wiggardly. Do you think any white person's like allowed to say it? No, of course not. Besides logic. All right. Log- well, that's a tough one. Let's be honest. Logic has white skin. Okay. So, I mean, I've heard the argument and I, I would, I would say that I have, I have absolutely no problem with logic doing it. He does have white skin, but he's technically mixed. So, I mean, it's a confusing thing. What if they're like 10% black? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever met a 10%. No, no, because that's, that's not a thing. Like I'm talking about your dad has to be at 25. I, well, that, then you're going, I, mean, I might, for all we know, I might be 5% black, bro. It doesn't show up at all, and you wouldn't know because that, it, just, it just carries down from the lineage. Um, God, that'd be great. I could call this a black owned podcast. I, don't you guys get some sort of discount for that from the government? <laughs> Come on, man. That's the one you're going to leave me hanging on? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I bring, I bring that up because I've just been dressing, I've just been wigged out lately. And a wigger, you got to keep in mind, a wigger, a wigger does not dress the same as a black dude uh, in 2022. Wiggers dress like black guys from Atlanta in 2003. Like they dress like black guys that hung out with 50 Cent when he got shot. And it bothers me deeply. It's always RJ does this, um, and he's toned it down late uh, in the past few years. But it's always basketball shorts that go right to where your shin bone, like right an inch past where your shin bone starts. <laughs> Some shoes that look cartoonishly large, uh, and and you paid for them before you, you paid for your rent this month. We all, I mean, they're they're three hundred dollars, and they look like uh, something a cartoon character would wear. This is kind of racist because I'm talking about black people from 2003 as well. <laughs> uh, you get you get uh, a flat bill that is all the way back further than LeBron's hairline. It's a hack joke, but it's real. And often a wife beater and a cruiser bike. I swear to God, it's the full package. And the only thing that I'm really missing for that is my shoes are a little bit smaller and I don't wear beaters. Um... <laughs> I fucking <laughs> dude. One time I was at work. One time I was at work and I called uh like you know a fucking undershirt tank top a beater a wife beater. I called it a wife beater and the guy goes, "Come on, man, don't call it that." And I was like, "Oh, sorry, man. Like, what do you call it though?" And he goes, "Just call it a beater." I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. You removed wife and now it's fine." Uh, no, hey, man, we don't want you to get the wrong idea. Uh, minorities don't only use this to beat our wives. We beat other people and women as well. It's, like, <laughs> it's the same thing as saying people of color. It, when you say colored people, it sounds like uh, you colored them in because they were supposed to be uh, white. 
Well, when you say people of color, it sounds like you just meant normal people, but they have color. It's all a bunch of, it's like you can't say tranny, but you can say trans, or you can't call someone, uh, you can't call someone queer in a mean way, but you could say it in a positive way, like people describe themselves as queer. It's all the English language, English in general, and, uh, you know, the current American culture as far as far as sensitivity is just fucking stupid i don't know why i ran out of breath talking about uh talking about that uh what was i saying before yes i've been trying to explain i've been i've been wigging out lately dude this is the episode of this is the title of this episode i no i already named it episode. <laughs> i already there's already a, a wigger related uh episode title I guess my point is I've just been enjoying it so much lately and I wonder if people are looking at me at, like a clown. Like I got these big basketball shorts on and some brand new bright white Nikes um, and I just look like I'm trying way too hard to not look like I'm from the suburbs. Like a modern <laughs> undercover cop. Like an undercover cop in the 80s and 90s would wear denim, you know, like wash denim and a leather jacket with a mustache. I'm out there at Sunglass Hut in my in my shorts and Nikes and fucking uh, MTV shirt. Going, oh yeah, man. I could probably these what is Versace? Yeah, man. Probably no big deal. If you're like that's guy, that guy's undercover. That guy is not uh, normal. People don't act that way. I meant normal, dude. I meant normal white people. Relax, guys. You can be normal and act that way. Jesus. What if that was the thing everybody got offended by? Not me taking uh, the N word and just replacing it with a W. I swear to God, guys, go listen to podcasts. It's everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite term. Probably mine too. It's probably up there. Um, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a new shirt today. Keep going with my style. It's an MTV throwback shirt from like the early 2000s. And I was thinking, oh God, now I got the hiccups. Markel almost had a hiccup goddamn seizure at the beginning of this episode. And now I have it. I think it's passing. Um, I got an MTV shirt and I was just thinking back in that, that stupid bullshit came into my mind where it was like, remember how everybody that was 40 in 2010 or 2009 was like, MTV is so ridiculous now. When I was a kid, dude, you could just you just go on there and you just put on channel 45 and you watch music videos. And it's like, my guy, they have an app like the Vivo. You remember that app before like they started putting every bit of music on YouTube? There was a time where that yeah. was like a big no-no. And so they there's this app called Vivo. It's probably still a thing. You could go on there and Every single major recording artist, even ones that you didn't even know, like no names, uh, all had every single music video on there. You type in their name and then you find the song. Like people saying that, way, way to give away the fact that you're old and depressed and that you want to go and, and uh, you know, go out and fucking drink at a bar and not come home and help your kid with math homework. That's why the rest of us don't goddamn do it is because we want to keep living uh, the way we've lived in our 20s and 30s or whatever when you're young. That's what people are really saying. They're going, man, I fucking hate that I'm old now and things have changed. Because if you look at MTV in 2009, like, like, like 2000, 
right when Jackass started, that really that really changed a lot of it. 2004-ish, maybe. It might have even been before that. 2004 to 2013. Those shows were so fucking good. It was a time where, yeah, it was still cable, so they couldn't be crazy as fuck. But they weren't as pussy ass as, they, as everybody is about everything that's on cable television nowadays. Dude, do you remember Silent Library? They were like having those people assault their friends. And it was, you could tell it was not fake. They had the, the rubber band. You remember Silent Library, right? No, I never saw that one. Oh, dude, it was so fucking funny. So basically, it'd be a group of college friends, and they would go into a fake library with actors, and they would pretend to be annoyed as fuck, you know, with, the, with them in there. And it was a game show where they had to do these certain hilarious tasks. And if they stayed under a certain decibel level, they all won like, I don't know, a bunch of money or some shit. And, um, oh, that was disgusting. I'm so sorry for any ladies that had to listen to that. That was me. Uh, that wasn't me hawking a loogie. That was, there was a choking infant next to me and I, I, uh, gave it the Heimlich maneuver and that was the noise that it make. That was not me, uh, spitting up phlegm. I swear to God. Um, silent library yet. So they, they would have to do these crazy tasks. Like there was this one called the rubber band challenge and they would all be in groups of five and, uh, everybody had to pick a card that was face down on the table and whoever got the skull and crossbones was the person who had to do the challenge. They would literally take like a rubber, like an industrial rubber band, pull it back as far as it could go and (laughs) let it smack in their friend's forehead. Dude, I I mean, I would, you tell me you would do that for $10,000. That's the shit. That's hilarious because yes, these people are in pain and making themselves look like a dumbass on television, but they're college kids that are about to get a thousand bucks. If they can just not laugh super hard, that's the tits. All right. Robin big, uh, fantasy factory. They were, you know, they would do crazy shit on there, like ridiculous stunts and stuff like that. Uh, jackass. I don't even have to go into jackass. If you haven't seen every single jackass, I hate you. And I don't know what to tell you. It's the most fascinating. It's one of the most fascinating things that's ever been released in human, in human culture and entertainment, in my opinion. Did you see, Markel, did you see the newest one, Jackass 4? No. Dude, you've got, you've got to watch it. I think it's called Jackass Forever. There was one scene. I'm usually able to watch all of them unless it's like... I can't, the shit ones are so hard for me. I, I, I can't, you know, I can deal with blood, gore, puke, vomit. I, I don't even, none of that stuff affects me that much. Shit really gets to me. Um, but also the ones where they do crazy shit to their dicks. I can't stand it, dude. I already have this weird phobia <laughs> of just being like, dude, we, like how have human beings not evolved to have something over that yet? We just have this flesh and blood and cartilage you get one injury, bro. You, you could you could potentially not be able to use your dick anymore. That's crazy. And these guys did this thing where um, I don't know how to describe it. So it's basically these two plexiglass plates. Like picture two clear. It's not glass. It's plexiglass. And there's a screw on both sides. And when you tighten the screw, the gap between the plates gets tighter and tighter. These guys... Mark, I can't, I can barely talk about it. These guys, put their cocks, dude, they put their cocks in there 
and they screwed it all the way tight to where their dicks are flat. And then they boxed each other. Dude, you could not pay me. There's no amount of money you could pay me to do that. Because what happens if you hit the guy so hard, you just accidentally even hit him so hard, he's knocked out and he falls over when you're falling in the opposite direction and your cock gets ripped off. Dude, it bothers me so much. It, it bothers me so much. Like, that's not even, that's not nearly as bad as when, like, um, God, what the fuck is his name? Dave English, the guy with the fucked up teeth and the bad hair. He does the shit where, like, they had a, somebody pogo stick on his dick while he's wearing a cup. Like, dude, he's wearing a cup. Like, you can't, you're not going to be able to, there's plastic in between your skin. Like, you're not going to smash and rip up the skin. I, I can't believe we just talked about that for 90 minutes. Um, but that's what I'm saying, man. Is that, that was MTV. That was like the last last uh, cable channel where there was fun shit. And then it all just went to pure cuckery. You know? Uh, what do you think, Markel? We do one more story and then we'll, we'll wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here's one. Uh, from U.S. News. I don't know a lot about them, so if, if this is um, if this ends up being not crazy accurate, I, I don't know. I don't think they're a major news source. Sounds real to me. California ways California ways rules give what the fuck? That's, uh, that's a typo there on my part. I think it should say California wage rules giving fast, fast food workers more power. I think you get the idea from the 15 seconds that I just took to try and read the headline. Let's see if I can get through these four paragraphs. More than 100 workers who recently rallied outside the state capitol are pining their hopes on groundbreaking legislation that would give fast food workers increased power and protections. The proposal awaiting final action before the California legislature adjourns uh, on Wednesday would create a new fast food council made up of four workers delegates and um, other representatives with two state officials. They would set minimum wage standards, uh, hours and working conditions in California. Restaurant owners and franchisers say the proposal would drive up the price of fast food. They cite an analysis they commissioned by the UC Riverside Center for Economic Forecast and Development that puts the price increase at seven to 20%. A late wage cap added to the bill would keep the increase on the low end of that range. Late amendments limit any minimum wage bump to 22 an hour next year with cost of living increases thereafter. While the state minimum will be, the statewide minimum will be $15.50 an hour. So they're saying that the, the limit of what they could possibly bump it up to next year would be 22 an hour, but currently it's 1550. Dude, in fucking Arizona, I think it's like twelve seventy-five. In Pittsburgh, it's eight dollars and twenty-five cents. That's, I mean, I understand what they're saying here uh, about it being seven to twenty percent more expensive. That would suck. That, I mean, I don't know if I would be able to justify going to Culver's and paying fourteen dollars for a burger and fries, right? But at the same time. And maybe Culver's isn't a good example. Chipotle is what I like to use as an example. I mean, the conditions those guys have to work in, it makes me not want to go in there. I, I don't, 
the average clientele in a in a Chipotle is is the word cunt. It's it's just the cuntiest people because they don't want to pay for actual quality food, but they don't want to go to Wendy's. So they meet somewhere in the middle and they go to Chipotle and they're sitting there going, uh, I didn't, I didn't want that much peppers. And could you actually do a little bit more beans and steak? I, yeah, just a little bit more beans. When somebody makes that fucking voice and they go just a little bit more, I think about punching them in the head, man, woman, transgender. I don't, I, I'm not kidding. Anytime someone goes, that wasn't really like exactly the portion I wanted. I kind of wanted like three more pieces of corn and one more diced tomato. Could you possibly add a teaspoon of avocado? You're a cunt. Go somewhere where they're willing to put up with that and where they're not sweating into the forced COVID mask they have to wear, even though they're like required to get vaccinated to work there as they slave over a grill of, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what half the meat is there. The only one that's good is steak. The chicken sucks. The other ones look like uh, meat that just came out of my weed grinder. Um, I can't stand having to watch people go through that. So it kind of just makes me not want to go sometimes. So it is kind of just a matter of... I can't, really go. I I, I, I can't stand it, dude. I'm literally... If they put something wrong on there, I refuse to even say something because I know that this Chipotle worker didn't do that on purpose and they just dealt with eight different people. Uh, God, and you know, it's in the worst spot, the one I'm at too. It's right outside the Biltmore district. So it's just all hot chicks and business guys and they don't understand what it's like to be that person. And I'm not even really talking about high school kids or college kids that are in there trying to do a summer job or trying to get some extra hours for work. Uh, fuck them. I had to do that too. That's part of life. You got you to gotta work shitty jobs when you're young. I'm talking about the guy that's like 34. And this is all, this is, he just had to work here so that he could pay child support. And now every day of his life is an argument with some 35-year-old blonde lady on her break from, uh, you know, the office arguing about how much guac they can put out there before they have to charge her double. Like, it's a horrifying existence, and the number of people that have to do jobs like that grows every year. Um, if you're in California and you're getting 1550, I mean, who the fuck even, who even cares? You know, that, what is 1550? That might as well be five bucks here. Um, so I would just, America's current dilemma is you're going to either have to lower the profits for the richest corporations in existence, or you're going to have to pay people a respectable wage that can keep them out of increasingly intense poverty. I mean, that's not even the worst part. Like you have to, you watch these people walk to the bus station, um, after they just had to stay open for an extra 30 minutes because people had to have Chipotle that night. Um, it's really, it's really sad, man. So yes, I, I would, it would suck. I don't want to pay. It's already too much money now to go get food from, a from McDonald's, even McDonald's. God forbid you go to a place like Jimmy John's or Chipotle, or you go out to eat at a restaurant. It's just the conditions that they're putting people in as somebody who worked at McDonald's, 
it's like designed to make you want to kill yourself. It's almost population control. Like these people can't go do anything. A lot of them don't have cars. Um, all of their money basically goes to combined income with their significant other or, you know, someone that they share a child with. And it goes to trying to give that kid a livable, uh, enjoyable childhood and pay for basic things like college savings or just putting gas in, the, in their one car that they have. It, if we keep letting it go down and down and down and down for our lowest, our lowest level, then the whole country is going to come down with it or that gap will just get so wide that there's only the low, lower class in poverty and then the rich, like the extreme rich. There will be no middle class. And I know that I'm not saying anything uh, that people haven't thought of before. I'm just trying to make my point. Look, I understand it sucks to have to pay 14 bucks at McDonald's. But if you look at those people's lives, it makes you feel like a cunt for even going in there. So I don't know. Uh, Markel assaulted a restaurant employee the other day because there was no hummus on his food. Apparently, alleged, this is alleged. Allegedly, he grabbed a stapler from the uh, POS area and smacked it, opened the stapler and smacked it into the manager's eye saying, I'll kill you, cunt. I'll kill you, cunt. Get me some hummus right now. Um, Markel, I just, you know, I just don't know that that person should have to deal with that for 1550, you know. Oh, that, that makes a way lot more than fifteen fifty. <laughs> I could tell you were like picturing that moment in your head. You were, you were upset by that. I had some good hummus hummus today. I hope that doesn't trigger you. Um, did you did is there any no, update on good. that? Did you were you able to get in they contact refund, with They guys? refunded me the three dollars for the hummus. We're all good. Did you end up contacting your bank? No. Nah. You're just not Saul Goodman enough, dude. You know, you're. I, I'm just sort of a main character. Like I'm, I'm just not gonna do. I'm just not gonna do business with them. It's all good. Ooh, Markel. Oh, I guess Markel's cool because he's not desperate for thirteen dollars like the rest of us. No, I would. I would be. I would be like. I do anything. I. Uh, we'll have to do that on a podcast episode and just talk about all the scams I run. I run uh, yearly fraud scams, and I do them maybe once once a business quarter, just because that's not going to get flagged. Uh, the company that you're, if it's a major corporation, they're they're going to let it go every time. Uh, lie about your Uber. What are they going to do? Check the Uber's dash cam. The guy doesn't even speak English. I'm not saying he has to speak English to have a dash cam, but what are they going? They're going to hash that conversation out over Google Translate. Fuck you. Go steal from Uber. Um, it's been a great episode, everybody. Uh, a lot of a lot of great stories, as always. You know, from toddlers being left in the desert to uh, you know d denying rape, uh, <laughs> denying rape accusations, talking about the year two thousand nine. We really we got to everything, you know. Uh, Markel, it's good to good to have you back on the show. I think we should just try and, and do Sunday nights from now on. I might just be like, fuck you guys. I'm not coming in on Sundays. Sounds like a good idea. That's the Lord's Day. Um, uh, Markel Vamp for a second here. Uh, 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 I just want to, I just want to have a good week, everybody.
It's on YouTube. Whole concert. 